Hey, Grace family, good morning to you or whenever it might be that you're watching this video. I don't know about you, but I'm already really missing our time physically together and am reminded what a privilege it is to be together on Sunday mornings. We take that for granted, don't we? But we're living in very trying times right now. And so we're going to do our best in the meantime to to connect with you and to provide you content that would be helpful and good. Um, as I mentioned last week, we're working this out. This is sort of new territory for us, and each week we're going to probably be making refinements to how we uh, pull these videos together. Uh, this week we're going to provide you uh, some other uh, leaders to communicate some things to you, as well as Scott and Joel, who's going to provide us worship music, which we're really excited about. But you know what? We just want this to be a sweet time uh, for you and your family, your close friends, whoever might be, uh, you, you might be sharing this with. We want this also to be a tie that binds us together. And uh, in these turbulent times that are ke keeping so many of us apart for the time being, and so I'm really glad that we can share this. So here now is Christina Levishev, our pastor to women, as well as Trevor Lawrence, our Overflow Youth Pastor, to share some important information with you. Hey guys, we really want to stay connected during this time and one of the best ways for us to stay in communication with info and updates and links to the weekly content is through our text messaging system, which many of you are not in and that's okay, but you need to sign up. Uh, all you need to do is text GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, to 56316. That's GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, to 56316. You'll get a kickback message that lets you know that you're in. Uh, please do not reply to it. It's a one-way system, but we're available. So if you have any questions, feel free to email us or text us or call us at our normal numbers and emails. Uh, but we want to be in communication. We want to stay connected during this time. Uh, another thing for youth, one, I miss you guys. Uh, we really want you guys to engage weekly with your families in what we're doing as a church family. So whether that be on Sunday mornings or Wednesdays, uh, we want you to take the opportunity that we have to engage in this with your families. Uh, and we're actually really excited about the opportunity that we have to do that. Second is stay tuned for youth specific updates and info and content that we'll be sending out. We're thinking of some creative ways to engage and connect together. So we'll be sending that out soon. So just stay tuned for that. Thanks, Trev. Yeah. Um, and we also want to care for one another as a family. And we know that there are people in our community who have needs, and you might be one of those people who has a need. And we want to be able to meet those needs as a family. And so I encourage you, we actually have a way for you to express any need, whether big or small, please don't be bashful. On our website, we have a, a, a square you can click that says, I have a need. And there's a form you can fill out and just let us know what that might be. And I also know that there are others in our community who would love to meet those needs. And if you're somebody who has time and resources and can make yourself available, then we would love for you to also click this, the box on the website that says, I would like to help meet that need. And so, please take a moment to express how you can be part of our community in this way and how we can meet your needs so that we can truly be family for one another. And at this time, we're gonna take some time to turn to God's word. We're gonna be reading through 1 Peter 1, three through nine. And we're gonna actually have the words up from you on the screen. We're gonna be reading from the New Living Translation. And I just wanna mention right now, we're very acutely aware of the trials and troubles that we're facing. And this passage so beautifully speaks to the hope that we have in Jesus. So let's read together. Again, 1 Peter 3, uh, 1, three through nine. 
All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, Grace. It is good to be with you, to gather, albeit in a very different way, but I'm grateful that we can be in God's Word together on a Sunday morning. And obviously, we've taken a little break from our Holy Spirit series to address the things that are going on right now. And I think we'll jump back in maybe even as early as next week. But for now, we wanted to just really address what's going on. And so we're going to look at this beautiful passage in 1 Peter this morning. And Rather than try to walk through the whole passage, I want to just focus us in on one simple idea from this passage that really is in verse 6 and 7, where Peter talks about how trials are for the testing of our faith. I want to talk about this idea of our faith being tested and suggest that actually that's a really good thing for us. So I don't know when the last time you took a test was. I think it's been about 20 years for me. Some of you students have recently taken tests. I don't know anybody who likes tests, uh, but the thing about a test is a test reveals what's actually inside. Something that may not be known that a test brings forth. You know, you can say you know something, you can even think you know something, but then you take a test and a test reveals what's actually inside. And Jesus uses a different analogy. He uses the analogy of a house and its foundation. You know, foundation can be hidden, but when a storm comes through, the storm reveals the foundation, whether the house is built on something like sand or whether the house is built on a rock. And so we're going to talk about how crisis moments like these provide us with a test. And my encouragement to you through this experience is don't spend all your energy trying to ace the test. Just let the test reveal what it reveals about what's really inside, because whatever it reveals, that is your opportunity into a deeper relationship with God. So I want to share the story of Peter who wrote this letter and a test that he went through. So many of you know Peter. He was one of Jesus' closest followers and friends, uh, one of the closest three, in fact. Uh, Peter was an interesting guy. He was a fisherman before he met Jesus. He was a bold, brash, kind of a speak first, think later kind of guy. Uh, And he loved Jesus. And and Jesus gave him the nickname early on in the ministry of Peter, which means rock. 
He gave them the nickname of Rock because he was going to establish his church and Peter was going to be one of the pillars of the early church. And I think that that nickname may have gone to Peter's head a little too early. So, but he, he loved Jesus and he, he followed him for three years. But as they were coming to the end of Jesus' ministry, Peter would undergo a test of his own. So the night before Jesus died, he was with his closest friends, including Peter, and he's telling them some interesting things. And he says, guys, here's what's about to happen. I'm actually going to get arrested. I'm going to be tried and I'm going to be executed. And all of you are going to fall away. All of you are going to abandon me to save yourselves. And Peter was sitting there listening to this and he was filled with like indignation. And he thought of himself and his faith as, as rock solid, like his nickname suggested. And he actually spoke up and he said, Lord, no way. I will never do this. Even if everyone else falls away, I will not fall away. I will follow you to the death. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, I guarantee you by tomorrow morning, you will pretend you didn't know me. You will disown me three times. And Peter could not believe that that was possible. He looked inside of himself and he thought, there's no way I would do that. And then the test came. Later that night, they left the upper room. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus with Peter and James and John. And Jesus said, guys, I need you to pray with me right now. Like my soul is overwhelmed. I need my friends to pray. And so Peter the Rock started praying. And shortly after that, he fell asleep. Jesus woke him up. Peter, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Stay awake and pray. Again, he started praying and he fell asleep. Then the soldiers came and met them and arrested Jesus. And when it was clear that Jesus was actually going to be arrested, the scriptures say that all of his followers, all of his disciples deserted him and fled, including Peter the Rock. And then, of course, most famously, later that morning after Jesus was arrested, it was being tried, Peter was standing nearby. And three different times, people in Jerusalem recognized him. They said, you're, you are one of those followers of Jesus, aren't you? Like, we recognize you. And Peter's like, no, I, I don't know this man. I've never met this man. Three times it happened. On the third time, Peter's actually calling out curses. I swear I've never met this man. And right at that moment, one of the gospels says, from a distance, Jesus linked eyes with Peter. And Peter saw his Lord and he saw what he had just done. He saw the test and how he'd failed the test. And the scriptures say he went out and wept bitterly. He thought he was a rock. And the test revealed the foundation was not as rock solid as he thought. He wasn't quite so strong as he thought. And you know, over the next months, uh, we're going to walk through some trials. And the test is going to reveal some things about what's inside. And um, if you're like me, you, you're hoping for the best in yourself. And you might even, in this first couple of days, you might have these visions of yourself being an extraordinary person. You know, you might have this, this image of this epic version of yourself that's going to walk through these next couple of months. And I'll just admit, I have these moments where I have these visions of how I want to be, the hope of who, of who I want to be. I picture myself full of courage. I picture myself loving people around me, being present to my, my kids, being creative with them at home and enjoying them, being present to my wife being sacrificial with our resources, reaching out to our neighbors and in our neighborhood, 
not holding on to our things, but really just being a loving, courageous, wise person, wise leader through this. Basically, I want to be a rock. Uh, but chances are uh, the test will reveal some other things that are actually going on. That as we sit over the coming weeks, that what's inside, what bubbles up, won't always be as pretty as we thought. Yes, there'll be some faith, but it probably won't be as rock solid as we were hoping. I'm sure we'll have moments, and I'm sure I'll have moments of, of doubt and fear and anxiety or anger or frustration or confusion or just wanting it to be over. And I think every one of us over the coming weeks will have our own specific pain point. And for some of us, um, that might be just the, the virus itself and the health concerns and the fear that that raises. Uh, for some of us, it'll be finances. It'll be all the implications of this for our financial situation. That'll be the point of pain. For some of us, it might be as simple of, as the fact that our routines are going to be totally thrown out of whack. And some of us are routine people and losing that daily routine will be really challenging for us. For others of us, it'll be losing our freedom. For some of us, it'll be our family relationships, the fact that we're stuck together in a house a lot more than we're used to. Some of us, it'll be loneliness. It'll be a different thing for each one of us. But whatever we find, um, we're going to find there are some other things going on underneath besides faith in God. We're going to find that no matter what we say about our faith, the truth is we do put our security in other things at times. We do put our significance in other things besides God and our satisfaction in other things besides God. And, and some of those things will be threatened over the coming weeks. And we're going we're gonna to feel that. Uh, to use Peter's analogy in, in his letter, uh, this is going to be like a refinery. And, and our hearts are going to be like these precious metals. And we'll see some gold in there. Um, but we'll also see some other impurities, other things that we've been depending on that are threatened uh, at being pulled away from us. And what I actually want to say this morning is just to all of that, that is okay. It's okay for that to happen for us. You know, the great thing about Peter's story, of course, is, is that the test doesn't end with his failure. His story doesn't end there. He did abandon Jesus. Jesus did die. But three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered death. He burst forth from the tomb and he appeared to his disciples, including Peter, and he sent them ahead to Galilee. He said, I want you to go ahead and I'll meet you in Galilee. And there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, the original place where Jesus first called Peter, Jesus has a fresh encounter with him. And he pulls Peter aside from the rest of the group. And he says, Simon, do you love me? And Peter says, you know I love you. Three times Jesus asks the question, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And each time he says, then feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And what I think Jesus was doing in that moment was just this beautiful act of restoration for Peter, this act of forgiveness, of giving him an opportunity to confess his love three times to his Lord because he had denied his Lord three times. And it was this beautiful moment of connection and restoration and forgiveness. And of course, Peter went on to be that rock that Jesus had predicted. But he came through a test knowing some new stuff, didn't he? Like he came through a test knowing more about himself, 
but also knowing more about Jesus. He came through knowing more about the depth of his weakness, that he wasn't as rock solid as he thought, but he also came through knowing that his Lord had a forgiveness and a commitment to him that was deeper than he had ever dreamed. And I think that experience totally transformed him. I mean, Peter did move forward as the rock. You watch what happens in Acts and you see a man whose faith is rock solid, not perfect, but rock solid because he had this experience of being fully known and of fully knowing himself and then being fully loved and forgiven and restored by his God. And so I think for us, here's the invitation. This next couple weeks, this next couple of months, it's a trial that is a test. Uh, whether you like it or not, it's going to reveal some stuff. And like I said at the beginning, I want to encourage you, don't try to ace the test. Don't put all your energy into trying to ace the test. Just let the test reveal what it wants to reveal. I do not think our goal over the next couple months is to try to be this epic version of ourselves. I think the goal instead is actually to be fully present to ourselves as we are, but more importantly, fully present to our Lord who knows us inside and out, who fully knows us and fully loves us in the midst of whatever surfaces. Because ultimately, here's the good news. Our faith is not in the strength of our faith. Our faith is in the strength and the love and the grace of our Lord who loves us and is for us and is with us through this whole experience. So let's put our faith in him. Amen. So how do we respond to all this? What I'd like to do is invite you into the spirit of Psalm 139. Let me read it to you. This is verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, these are extraordinary times that we are living in. Uh, and we're witnessing all manner of reactions to this. And crisis can bring out the worst in people. It can bring out the best as well. But my question for you is, what is this crisis bringing out in you? You know, some of you might be kind of rocked by the recent financial downturn and have increasingly, uh, are increasingly concerned about how this is affecting your, your financial lives. For others, events like this just evoke fear and anxiety in your heart. And for others, these, these mandates to isolate are, are creating a, a sense of disconnection and, and maybe even loneliness. And for others, this whole thing just might be irritating you. And you're responding with a spirit of defiance and a lack of cooperation. Whatever it is, however this is hitting you, I think it's important that we pay attention to what this surfaces in us. And whether it's good, bad, or, or ugly, it's all good information to us. Because it's the truth about us. And it's where we can start with God. It's the stuff that we can invite God into. Because if we don't do that, if we just seek to cope on our own, uh, in our own strength, try to fix ourselves, whatever it might be, 
we're never going to know true transformation. You know, the first beatitude says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And what that's calling us to is a posture of humility, that we might be cognizant of our spiritual impoverishment and our need for God. And that's a crucial and essential posture for the Christian. And here's the thing. It's not as if God doesn't know all these things about us anyway. When we tell him of these things, we're not informing him of anything. We're just agreeing with the truth about who we are. And so my encouragement is that this week we might meditate on Psalm 139. Let me just read it for you again. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. May this be our prayer this week. Search me, Lord, test me, know me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's enjoy some time to worship together right now. Good morning, everybody. We're so glad to be with you. We hope you're doing amazing. We, as Mark said, are going to take a little bit of time each week with some songs and worshiping God through singing together. And I know that a lot of you are either by yourselves, well, I mean, some of you are by yourselves and some of you are with families, but either way, this is a way that we can do this together. And we can engage in some of the songs that we're accustomed to singing together on Sundays, and we can worship God. He is our audience of one, and we are his choir, so we can be that together no matter where we are, which is awesome. So we'll be able to do um, just a couple of songs after each message, and if you're going to sing, that's great. We want you to somehow worship. So if it's prayer, if it's meditation and listening, if it's singing, do whatever you want to do to come before the Lord, and we'll do this together, and we'll help lead with just a couple of songs. And may God bless this time as we do this together. Sing Psalm 23. This is rest. Restore my soul when you give me a rest. 
if it looks like we're too close, this is definitely six feet. Keep your distance. Love you. God bless. So right now, we just want to provide you the opportunity to lean into some of these truths. We provided you some questions that we really encourage you to take some time to just reflect on as a family or whoever you might be with. So let's do that together. And we want to leave you with Paul's benediction to the Thessalonians. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good word and deed. Amen.